Hello, beautiful, and welcome to the Be the Change in Your Marriage podcast, where I help lovely, overworked mamas like yourself take back all the sweetness in your marriage and your life. If you haven't picked up my potentially life-changing free guide, 10 Ways to Feel Better About Your Marriage and Your Life right now, you can grab that at pages.bethechangeinyourmarriage.com. That's pages.bethechangeinyourmarriage.com. I'm Summer Cox, and this message today just started bubbling up inside me to crowd out the other one I'd already started but got stuck on. So... If you're busy trying to reunite long-lost pairs of socks, please pay attention because this will test your head and your mind and your brain too, as brilliantly uttered by Jack Black's character in School of Rock. Actually, Jack, we're going beyond those three things. Anyway, I really feel the need to dive deeply into the power of faith. Because everything I teach hangs on it. It is absolutely imperative that you let go of your grasping, controlling, analyzing, compulsively checking, fearing, what ifing, running the showing, worrying, stewing, critiquing, comparing, scorekeeping, defending, doubting, exhausting, draining, blaming, burning out, hyperactive little squirrel infested mind, and believe, to borrow a phrase from Gabby Bernstein, that the universe has your back. Whether or not you ascribe to any particular religion, you can consider that whatever mysterious power causes an acorn to become a mighty oak can also cause you to grow into the most confident, joyful, and loving version of yourself if you stop trying to claw yourself in the opposite direction. Your life can completely change in an instant. You heard that right. Completely change in one instant. Whatever disagreements you've been having with your husband, however unloved you feel, whatever multiverse of responsibilities you're failing at, and no matter how many Hatchimals are littering the playroom floor, you can find instantaneous peace. How? Surrender. Give up. Stop showering, order Grubhub, and ask Alexa to homeschool your kids. No, but seriously, this is where you have to get comfy with a bit of wackiness because the spiritual path is infused with mind-melting contradictions, like simultaneously surrendering internally while giving your best efforts at everything being required of you. Like the fact that the best way to begin improving your circumstances is to accept them as they are. Like setting all the goals, but being emotionally detached from the outcomes. Like being 100% invested in the work you love to do, but knowing you'd still be chillin' if you lost it. It's been said that all great truth is paradoxical, and I don't know why, but I'm in love with it. Nobel Prize winner Niels Bohr once said, quote, The opposite of a true statement is a false statement, but the opposite of a profound truth can be another profound truth. Whoa. End quote. But they don't cancel each other out. They somehow exist side by side in an elegant tension 
the yin and the yang weaving a magnificent suspension bridge for the spiritual seeker to make her way forward. And as Ron Rollheiser so beautifully expressed on his site, ronrollheiser.com, quote, to let go of either pole of a paradox, to reduce the tension, is to fall from wisdom, end quote. Cut the rope, fall from the bridge, fall from the imaginary bridge of wisdom, start freaking out, cramming your face with cocoa puffs and watching dance moms. But no, that doesn't have to be your fate. Let's go back and get deeper into these paradoxes and discover what they mean for you and your marriage. What does surrendering completely, but still wholeheartedly showing up look like? It looks like a simple belief that you are exactly where you need to be and with whom you need to be to grow into your highest, happiest, and best self and that whatever's happening to you is actually happening for you and there is something priceless to be gained from it. This is faith. Faith that you can trust in your understanding of God, not only at some imagined point in the future, but in this very moment as you braid your daughter's hair or bring in groceries from the car you can trust that you are being carried by your maker you came from divinity you live in divinity you can feel it in your bones you can let go of your crippling wish that things were different take a deep breath look around you and just Give up the fight. Remember, paradoxes, you are not giving up hope. It's the opposite. You are giving up unhappiness. You are deciding to stop banging your head against a metaphorical wall and tell yourself that where you are is okay. And it's okay not to be mad at it. Whether God assumes a specific form to you or not, Speak a prayer surrendering your resentment and despair and trusting that you will be delivered from it. However you know to say it is okay. And it can happen just like that. Debbie Ford, author of many great inspirational books, had her life change immediately as she was doubled over on the filthy, tiled bathroom floor of a drug rehab facility and began desperately repeating the serenity prayer as she rocked back and forth with her sobs and then felt peace envelop her entire being. She was filled with hope. You just have to let go And you can keep letting go 673 times a day and it's okay. Just promise me that you won't hate on yourself when you fall into old patterns. Just say, there you go again. We got this. This is hugely important. So let me share an example of what I once said to myself. This is from my actual journal entry dated August 6th. 2008. I had a bit of a jealousy episode last night after learning he had spent some time with his ex-wife. He could sense it and was critical. I could feel a pain in my heart, so I left the room and sat down on my bed. 
in the past, I would have exacerbated my hurt by thinking to myself, why am I so needy and insecure? Why does this have such an effect on me? Why can't I be more confident and mature? Why do I need his approval? Blah, blah, blah. I see now that the answers to those questions are because I ask those questions. And I would have been a sobbing mess. But this time, this time, I exercised my new skills. I asked myself inwardly, how are you feeling, Summer? I was tender and loving. I thought, it's hard for you to hear that he's spent time with her, isn't it? It's scary to think that his heart could be with someone else. You've never believed that you're worthy of love, but you are, Summer. I love you. I send you love. Tears came, but they were healing tears rather than the tears of raw, hopeless misery that my previous scenario would have caused. When a thought of criticism appeared, a hint of self-doubt at needing so much intervention, I countered with, You're still very much a child emotionally, Summer. I've never taken care of you before. It doesn't matter what it takes, how needy you are, how lopsided, how far behind other people, none of that matters. What matters is that from now on, I'm going to love and care for you. Are you feeling better? Now let's think about what this was like for him. For those of you who think this sounds goofy, I don't care. Because this gift of self-love is among the most priceless I've ever received. Who could have ever imagined that such healing could come from my thoughts? And conversely, how many times have I needlessly beaten myself emotionally to a bloody pulp? End of journal entry. Can you relate at all? We really need to show ourselves some love, mamas. Not just by finding time for things we enjoy, but with nurturing, healing, uplifting thoughts. Because wherever you go, there you are. Listen to an encounter between me and my husband at the time from my journals dated August 28th, 2008. When I got home, the tension still felt so thick between us. It was driving me nuts. My tension and anxiety increased. More things were said between us. It doesn't matter what they were, but the point is I was upset. I felt this awful pressure constricting my chest and I wanted to yell or cry something. I caught myself in a thought. Things are so awful. Ha. What was that, Summer? What did you say? My David Burns more on him later. Thought training suddenly kicked in. This is an overgeneralization, a big lie. This is turning a single event into a never-ending pattern of defeat. Things are only awful because you're telling yourself they are. It also occurred to me that whatever mean or angry thing he could say would only be mean or angry if I interpreted it that way and was afraid of it. If I stopped being a victim, there would be no victimization. It would simply no longer exist. If I could give up my fear, I could completely turn things around. Me, the powerless little victim who's sure she's blameless. I imagined myself doing something silly like tickling him, and just in the imagining of it, my tension evaporated. If I could get over my fear of his possible negative reaction or criticism of my silliness, I could break the ice and send the lies packing. I decided I should start small.
So I simply put a generous dab of the split pea soup I was about to heat up on my nose. I told myself that I would not back down. I would insist I had nothing on my nose and that it was mean of him to tease me. Whether he called me stupid, weirdo, whatever, it didn't matter. The only way I was going to acknowledge it was if after finding it, I would wipe it on his face. And that's what I did. He was just as angry as I feared he'd be, but it had no effect on me. I knew it was just his defense against looking silly himself. After I wiped it on him, he wiped it back on my shirt, and by the end he was laughing. All the tension between us was gone, and I felt exhilarated and free. I'd found the truth behind the lie. The only thing that makes something terrible is my fear of it, and his angry words only come from his own fears. I pray I can remember this. End of journal entry. So, mamas... If you're thinking about the pumpkin crumble you're making next week, come back to me. Awaken to the present moment. Drop your horror story. Embrace gratitude because as this adorable saying goes, what you appreciate, appreciates. And it's profoundly true. But most of all, Trust that as you keep showing up, looking up, and growing up, and acting out of pure love, your life is going to roll out exactly like it's supposed to. A Buddhist monk once visited the hospital bedside of his fellow with the comforting words, You will get better or you will die. Sounds severe but it rather highlights the folly of stewing over it. In a similar way, as you begin where you are and stop resisting what is, your marriage will get better or it will die and all will be as it should. After a period of misery, I accepted my circumstances I stopped gnashing my teeth and beating my head against the wall. I was 100% ready and willing to spend the rest of my life with my husband. I was joyful and grabbed all the happiness I could. Then one day, paradoxes, I came across some information that instantly annihilated the marriage and it died a peaceful death, at least for me. And I was spectacularly prepared for the marriage to the gorgeous widower I have now, going on 10 years. The timing of our meeting could not have been more perfect. Do I have faith? You better believe I do. As you have faith and leap forward into the loving care of a power wiser than you, And keep taking the next step that seems best, forgiving yourself and others along the way. Everything will work out more wonderfully than you can possibly imagine. Believe it. And I'd be honored to send you my free guide at pages.bethechangeinyourmarriage.com. That also gives you the chance to get all my updates and hear some exciting upcoming offers. Happy Thanksgiving.
Sending so much love. Bye.